0: And welcome to the series finale of Running with the Bulls. And joining us, as always, from New Jersey, it's Griffin Healy. How you doing, Griffin?
1: I am doing fantastic. I am a little sad that this series is ending. It's bringing a tear to my eye, but I am ready to start this final episode.
0: Well, it's been a pleasure, as always, uh, to be with you these past few weeks, and this 10-part documentary series, there's so much to say about it. But this week, I think, had some of the best episodes. Uh, and I want to start with, uh, in the second episode, I believe is I can't believe it was, the, it was the ninth episode or the 10th episode. Whatever episode it was. Because they kind of all blur together at this point. Like, it's all pretty much, like, what episode, whatever. Michael got poisoned in Utah. Uh, before that game... Was it game... Uh, was it game three? No, was it was... Game, game five. It was game five. So I I never knew this. I don't was this public knowledge at any point, or was this was that a big atom bomb that got dropped on us Sunday night?
1: I think it might have been an atom bomb. Like I people knew that like he was sick, uh but I don't think they knew it was like poison. They knew it was not like flu you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. It yeah. wasn't
1: it wasn't famed for being the flu. It was more so like we knew it wasn't that, but we didn't know it was poison.
0: Yeah. So first question I have is why the hell is Michael Jordan getting a pizza the night before a game? So late? first of all, and second of all, what could have been on that pizza that got him so sick? Cause they never mentioned what's on the pizza. So that makes me wonder like what, like if he really got sick cuz of the toppings were bad or was it just making him sick cuz like he had like i don't know like too many meats on a pizza or something you know what i mean sometimes like that but uh yeah i i wonder what it really was it's interesting they didn't mention the toppings on the pizza which is interesting um they just say he got a pizza so you know may you know so we can't really for sure know i mean mainly we think at least i think that he got poisoned from the cooks at the pizza place i think and then the the i i think is that that's my theory like that's probably like 95 percent of how it happened i would think right i mean
1: yeah i would agree with you on that i mean that's not like unreasonable it's a pretty fair theory but to go back to your first question, I mean, we're gonna have to go back to our last episode. Michael Jordan does whatever the hell he wants, They're... oh, yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. Uh, but I don't know, man, like you, you could get any food in the world, and I mean, and here's the other thing, like, you I'm kind of going around and around here, but if you're Michael Jordan, like, they, his agent was talking about, oh, there was no food around in, in Salt Lake City. Michael Jordan doesn't have a chef or the team doesn't have a chef that prepares them meals. Like what? Like, I don't know. That seems kind of like, I feel like he could get food somewhere else besides a pizza parlor at 1130 at night. I don't know. It just seems kind of, it's just interesting to me because I feel like there'd be like a team chef or a Michael's own personal chef or something. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's just kind of weird how he got poisoned and all that. But, uh, yeah, that was the biggest – I that, that was a big bomb to come down. I'm, I'm really surprised. Like, I just thought for sure it was just a flu, and that's kind of what it was. But to find out that he was probably poisoned, that, that was probably one of the big storylines on Sunday, uh, at least in the social media verse. Um, but then, you know – you talk about the teams he had to play against in those Eastern conference finals, and then the finals, you go from like Reggie Miller and, you know, the Davis brothers and Jalen Rose to like, you know, Carl Malone and, um, you know, John Stockton, who I don't want to get into the whole Carl Malone thing. Cause we got into that last week and I don't even want to, you know, I don't want to mention that stuff anymore, mm-hmm. but you know, Malone's presence down low and the fact that, you know, John Stockton such a dominant point guard up front. Uh, And, you know, it seemed like Utah really had that belief that they could beat Chicago that second time around.
1: Yeah, it was a very reasonable belief, too. I mean, they almost knew everything that was coming. They played them once before. They could have studied the tapes and said, all right, this is what we need to do.
0: Yeah and uh real real quick uh Delta Center really cool looking court I got to say like really cool looking court and it's a really I think it's a cool stadium and it's kind of a trip back to the you know the 90s and that thing but uh you know and and for the Bulls that 98 series they were running out of gas that was kind of the whole motif of the thing it's like oh it's the last dance oh we have we don't have much gas left in the tank you know, Scotty got hurt uh, earlier in the earlier in the documentary. Earlier in that series, was that the Pacer series or was that the Utah series? You got? I think it was the Utah. I think series, it was the right?
1: Utah series, if I'm not mistaken.
0: And he gets hurt, and you know he's going back in the locker room, and, you know. And uh, I I couldn't even remember what game it was. Um, I think it was was it wasn't the flu. It wasn't the flu, or it wasn't the poison game, was it? No, it was the I think it was earlier in the series, right?
1: I believe so. I mean, again, I'm on the same page as you where everything is just a blur to me. Yeah.
0: So, you know, Michael, you know, kind of has to carry that team uh, to, to do, to will it to win a championship. And Scotty comes back out, and plays, and pretty much just, just gets used to a decoy. But really, just this whole team. And, and towards the end here, you just realize, you know, this team was running out of, of gas. Uh, so late and you know they had a, a really short rest between that game six of that pacer eastern conference final and then having to go out to salt lake which uh, by no means is an easy flight from indianapolis indiana to salt lake uh city i can't imagine that'd be a interesting flight or a or, you know it'd be a hard flight i mean that's a pretty long flight i would say probably what, six-hour flight, seven-hour flight? From
1: Indianapolis to there? I thought it would have been, like, uh, I
0: thought
1: it would be, like, four at the most or three.
0: Uh, uh, I'd say four or five.
1: Yeah, because it was, like, four, like, maybe five or six from, like, my area to Salt Lake City. Really? Yeah.
0: Wow. Well, if it's only a six-hour flight from New Jersey to, no, that's... That's interesting, wow, I thought that'd be a longer flight from where you're from and to utah that's huh that's interesting no cause well maybe maybe that'd be only about four hours then yeah, it probably would only be about a four hour flight then yeah, only that
1: yeah, because yeah. at least when, when I fly to l, like this is a little off related, but like a flight to l a from here is only six hours.
0: R- coast to coast
1: yeah, at least from my prior experiences, six seven hours.
0: Yeah, okay. Yeah. It, I mean, it just depends on other stuff, you know. Yeah, that's true. I air mean, traffic, other things, delays, whatever. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, it probably would only be four hours then. I thought it would be a little longer, but. Um,
1: yeah, but uh, I didn't take those yeah, things. A, I didn't take those things as consideration, though. So, like, you might be right with, like, the six hours.
0: And, and you never know. I mean, but, the, you know, going on a short rest from going to the Eastern Conference Finals, the NBA finals is such a quick turnaround. Uh, and the fact that a championship caliber team like the bulls can do that, you know, it's kind of turning on a switch, if you will uh, it's, Hey, it's finals time, let's go. Um, but it looks for a while that that Utah team really had them up on the ropes and, you know, just never materialized for that team. And it's, it's kind of sad because I thought well, at least one of this, one of those times they would win uh, a championship Malone and Stockton, since they were so good together. Uh, but you know, yeah. just never, never could materialize.
1: No, it most definitely couldn't.
0: <laughs> uh, but you know, we take a look at that 98 Pacer team and they were really loaded and Reggie, you know, will say he had the better team. I wouldn't disagree with him. Like, I think that Pacer team really took that Bulls team to the limit. And it really was MJ that really pulled them through in that series. 110. Uh, percent You know, that team, like I said earlier, it was just absolutely loaded with talent. Uh, Rick Smith's just, a, you know, oh, yeah. Mark Jackson, Jalen Rose, you know, Reggie. I mean, there's just abundance of talent on that, on that team. And you feel like, you know, and they go to the finals later and uh, in the few past years uh, after the, the bulls run and they, I don't know if they got swept by that Lakers team or if they lost.
1: I think it was five games.
0: It was five. That's what I wanted to say, but five. Um, So they eventually get to the finals and never can win. But you talk about that Pacer team and just kind of the fact that they jump from like, oh, we have to deal with the later Bulls dynasty and then jump right back into it with the Lakers three-peat. Like it just was such a bad break for that team and those Pacer teams kind of towards the end of the end of the century, like they just really could never find a way to get it done. And it's a, it's a shame
1: because
0: there was some really good talent and, you know, I mean, having a run in with Michael Jordan and then Shaq and Kobe, I mean, that's that, you know, that's just tough. I mean, you can't really, there's just, yeah. I mean, there's no tougher way to be like, Oh yeah, we finally made it to the finals. Oh, who do we have this time? Oh, Shaq and Kobe. Oh, yeah. Great. Awesome. We have a guy who's basically like Michael Jordan. And then we got one of the most dominant centers of our generation. Great. Let's yeah. let's try to win this series. I mean, it just kind of felt like at some point, you know, oh, God, can we ever just get over the hump? Can there ever be like that? You know, there's never that one team. They can finally just get the hump, o- you know, hump over. I mean, it was never... Uh, there was never a team that they could finally just hammer in. It was always some really tough opponent they to had. So I just wanted to shout out those Pacer teams because Reggie Miller is such an underrated player in this league. He I feel like he gets so undervalued so much. Uh and he's he's the best shooter of all time in my opinion. Like I think he's his form is phenomenal. I, I think he's the best shooter uh that that I've ever seen. In my in my opinion, I mean, they, obviously there there's discussion for that. Uh, yeah. But to me, like liking the Pacers and watching the Pacers, um, it he he's very close to me. So when I see those teams get beat by Michael, trying to, uh, it makes me sad a little bit. But you're kind of like, well, you know, if you had to lose, like Charles Barkley said, this if you had to lose. At least you did it to Michael Jordan, you yeah, know? so yeah you take yeah, you took a look at those Pacer teams, and then, in that three because these last couple weeks are about the last three, so on those ninety eight finals with the Utah Jazz, I think the weirdest thing I got from this documentary, and it shouldn't shock me because it was about Dennis Rodman, was the fact that he went to. Go star in the WWE yeah. during the NBA Finals. I, I I was shocked. I guess I really never knew that was a story uh, until now. Why would you do this? I mean, it's I mean baffling. Yeah,
1: right? I mean it's I mean okay, you're right. It's Dennis Rodman, but also yeah, yeah. but it's. Yeah, I really don't have an explanation for it. I I was gonna try and make some sort of argument, but I just can't do it.
0: I mean, I can understand if like he goes to the WWE in like September or July or whatever, but like in the middle of the NBA finals.
1: Yeah, was it to boost his? I
0: mean, to
1: boost an ego? I,
0: can you? I mean, was there anything? Is there anything that you can remember that's close to that? Like such a famous and most important athlete while in a playoff or a series of games or or something that are important to just go off and do something else that is completely, that could jeopardize his team. I mean, I've never, I don't think there's anything that comes close to this. I mean, he could have gotten hurt. Yeah. I mean that, you know, and what if he gets hurt in WWE and he can't play in those finals? I mean, that is – he guards Carl Malone, and he is such a defensive presence in that series. I mean, if he if he's injured, that team – Could that, have fallen that, to the – Yeah, I mean, that really could have hurt the team. And I don't know if – and I'm not going to blame Phil Jackson, but I think Phil Jackson deserves a partial blame in this. Because, you know, I could understand, you know, when he let him go to Las Vegas for, like, a few days that was like in the middle of the season. Okay. You know, we're going to make the playoffs. It doesn't really matter. Go to Las Vegas, do what you want. doesn't matter to us. But the fact that I don't, and I don't even know if he told the coaches or anybody, I, I really don't know if he even told management, but the fact that just leave and not even show up to practice and go to the W go, go be a part of the WWE for, I don't know how long he did the jobs. It was just for a day or a week or whatever. I think it was just a few days, but like to, to jeopardize your, your playoff run and your success like this is just so, I'm not going to say selfish. Cause that's such a strong word, but it's so, uh, I'm trying to think of the word, but it's, it's uh,
1: interesting to say the very least.
0: It, well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just one of those moves that you just don't see. Like, Sports center. And I I think I saw uh, Rich Eisen. he was doing sports center one of those nights and he was just as baffled as we were. And I think, you know, 20 or 30 years later, now that we've seen this, like if this came on sports center now, I mean, social media would be going nuts. Like Rodman just skipped practice and he's going to go be in the WWE. Like Stephen A would be on first take breaking it down, you know, for four hours. I mean, this is just insane. It just adds to the Dennis Rodman legacy and the whole worm persona and the crazy hair and the dresses and doing all this. and, But to do it during the playoffs, I think was a really bad decision. I think I can say.
1: Yeah, I mean, the consensus, at least between the two of us, is agreeable.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just, there's not much to say, but it's just so... Uh, just out there. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's, you know, you've got this... You got Michael in the locker room who has this certain command of this team, and you've got this certain type of focus, and you've already got a couple things going on where, you know, maybe you're kind of losing steam already or whatever, and you're kind of... You, you need to be all focused up, and when you're going off and gallivanting and other sports leagues and other things, you know, that's not where your focus needs to be, and he needs to be on the finals. But, you know, like we've seen Dennis Rodman do before, and it's kind of what we we said about Michael. Dennis just kind of do, you know, kind of does whatever uh, the hell he wants to do. So that's just what he's gonna do, and that's just how he works. And he's able to flip a switch, you know, one one moment he's wrestling the Rock, and the other he's, uh, you know, the other he's beating uh, beating up Carl Malone down low. I mean, you know. It's uh it's just so fascinating to see to see Rodman like this. It's uh and, and to see him in the ring is weird. Those clips were weird. I just I don't know if he belonged in WWE. It just didn't look right.
1: Nah. His personality maybe so, but him
0: Uh just didn't fit. Uh, to me, it's just he was a little too out there. I don't know. And the, I know the WWE's out there, but it's not that. Yeah. out there. It's not Dennis Rodman out there. It's kind of kind of interesting. But uh, I was I was shocked to see that. And then, you know, <laughs> Carmen Electra gets a few more minutes in this documentary, which always make me happy when I can see Carmen Electra. And uh you know we see her at the end. She's at the championship rally. Uh spoiler alert, they win the ninety eight championship. <gasps> she's at that uh she's at the hotel after in Utah and at, at game I think it was was a game six? They won six, right? With that ninety eight title, they wanted six. I believe was so. It, or was it Shocking
1: right now, just to make sure. It was six, it was, I'm pretty sure. I think it was six.
0: Yeah, it was six. It was six. And yeah, so she is in the hotel with all the other team. Michael's playing the piano. It's kind of got a finale vibe. It's like, ah, we won the championship. It's it's very finale-like. Uh, it's very... It's not sad, but it's joyous. Yeah, a little bittersweet. Because you know that it's bittersweet. And then, apparently, we find out Reisendorf, uh, I think called either Phil or Michael. I think he called Phil a couple of days after they won the championship and said, hey, do you want to come back? So, my question is, so Reisendorf offered Phil back for another year, but what would Kraus have said about that? How would that have... That's where it doesn't make sense. Yeah. About. like How... And that's where I was kind of confused because um, obviously you, episode you know, one, Krause is the GM,
1: and episode one would confuse uh, that too because
0: yeah, because he's because Krause comes out and says, and it says multiple times in the documentary, even if you go eighty two and zero and win the title, Phil's gone. It's it's done. I see ya. And you know Reisendorf talking to Phil about hey, let's come back for another season. Leaves it up to that question of we've kind of talked about a little bit on this already, but, you know, because we talked about could they have won if Michael had stayed instead of went to baseball? Could they have won titles during then? But, you know, if they stay around in 99, you know, do you think they win the title again if they run it back?
1: I don't know. That's like, I mean, obviously we can never know. It's a hypothetical, but, that yeah. you'd also have to go through the same teams again, whether it be the Jazz or the Spurs. They'd have to deal with the Knicks, who were actually good at that point.
0: Yes, yeah, so that finals is that Knicks Spurs that ninety nine. Knicks Spurs, is Spurs that
1: it, the Spurs won in five.
0: Okay, Spurs one in five. They have t- Tim Duncan at that point, but Timmy's yeah, very it's like a young, debut,
1: right? And he got.
0: He's like a baby. Yeah, he's he's a ba- he's a baby at that point. And then David Robinson is is he still got a few more good years left, or is he pretty much done at that
1: point? I think he has like a couple know, good right? years, not a lot, but he had a yeah, like he was like starting to get to the end of the tank.
0: Yeah. So, I I mean, if you run that back, and you know, Scotty Scotty would have been the toughest to bring back. That's what Michael said. You know, that he would have been the toughest because, you know, people forget Scotty actually went to Houston for a year and it was okay. Then he goes to Portland and actually contributes to that uh, Portland team for a few years. And they actually do well against the Lakers uh, go to the playoffs a couple of times. So, you know, does Scotty want to venture somewhere else or would he have ran it back in 99 with Jordan and Rodman and those guys? I don't know, but it it would have been interesting to see because I, you know, that, that 98 team was already running out of gas. So, you know, would they have been able to refuel and try to go again? I don't know. It would have, uh, it would have been quite a scene. I think they would have, I think they would have made the finals and I think they probably could have beat the Spurs if they went five, if they, if they went 99. And I, they definitely would beat the Knicks.
1: Yeah, probably. Okay.
0: But it would be tough. I think, I, I think it, eventually, I think all of the games in 99, if they would have played, it would have been a seven-game series in each one, I think. That's a – I think it would have yeah, been seven for most yeah, of the series.
1: they definitely would not be – I mean, they'd still be dominant, but not nearly as, like, 97, 96. Wow.
0: No. No. Yeah. The ninety five, ninety six, ninety six, ninety seven, but you know, ninety eight, ninety nine would have been, I think they could have done well. Um, and I think they definitely would have made the finals, but that finals would have been tough for them. And then I think that's, that's when Michael retires. I think he says, Hey man, we have seven. That's good enough for me. Phil goes to LA. Um, and when I was watching this on Sunday, I had another question to myself. You know, there were years after Michael left, you know, and he went and he was retired. He didn't play for anybody besides, you know, Wizards later on in his career. But what if when Phil left, Michael was like, okay, I'm going to leave and I'm going to join the Lakers. I want you to trade me to the Lakers. I don't know how that would have worked. Per se. If if the Bulls could have, would have allowed it. I don't know if that's, but he, I think he signed one year contracts, right? So he would have been up yeah, for, to go wherever after that 98 year, right? Or after that 98 chance, I think so, yeah. Right? If he would have left with Phil to go to Los Angeles, and even if he was kind of an older Michael Jordan, like, you would have had Michael Jordan, Kobe, and then Shaq. And that, that could have been really fun to watch. Kobe and MJ being teammates, that that could have been. <laughs> and And deciding, hey, I'm going to go with Phil. Peace. You don't want me anymore. You want to break this up? We're just going to go start something in LA. See ya. That would have been that would have been interesting. And I don't I don't know how the starting five would have worked out. I think you probably you probably put Mike at Mike at the one, Kobe at the two work it out from there. I I uh, I can't even imagine, right? I mean that that team would have been Yeah. I think that team could have been and whatever year you put it, I think that team could have been really good. Cause we see, you know, the Lakers get like old all-stars like Carl Malone. Yeah. Um, I think there was, was there a few, I think there was a few more in there that they got who kind of aged, but like they could have got Michael Jordan right after that 98 title. I mean, he still, I think had a few more years before he would have really been, oh, God, get him off the court. Like, I feel like, you know, those Wizards years were really bad. But, like, I feel like if he could have came out of retirement sooner, I think he could have been – could have at least ended it off kind of the way he wanted to. But he was just forced to kind of – to leave in a sense. There was really nowhere for him to go after that 98 yeah season. So, um, I mean – but. It's you just
1: know. unfortunate, especially coming back. And then your first pick is the Kwame Brown.
0: Yeah, not not a good look for the Lakers with Kwame Brown. Oh, not, no, I meant the yeah. Wizards. Not, I meant not the a Wizards, not the Lakers. Or, or Wizards, yeah. But yeah. No, not a good look for them. But regardless, uh,
1: yeah, whichever team you went yeah. to, it's just not a fantastic look.
0: <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, but, uh, I think, so I'm counting the things we've seen in this documentary that are mainly pointless and you, you could, you could tell me why this should be in here, but I mean, the whole Steve Kerr kind of little mini biography they had in there. I, I don't know if I needed that really. I don't need I don't need, you know, I don't know if I need a whole 15 minutes on Steve Kerr in this documentary.
1: Yeah, I think we needed something but 15 minutes might have been too much.
0: Yeah, I think I I, cause I and I could be wrong. I feel like that was about 15 minutes. Am I right? I think you're I mean, right. Like, I... It seemed pretty it, I mean it was pretty long and I think you could have shortened it up a little bit. It just it kind of felt like we were going out of nowhere like kind of going into left field and i'm like okay what does his dad dying have to do with this like okay we're just seeing how steve kerr became steve kerr like okay like it's just steve kerr it's not like you know if he wasn't the warriors head coach i don't think they would have given him this much time in the documentary but you know I i don't even think they gave dennis rodman that much time but you know uh it's certain filmmaking but i think that and then the phil jackson you know native american stuff that yeah that that was out and probably made this a lot shorter i would think like not a lot shorter but you know i i feel like if you leave those two things out we still have a great documentary but i i want to applaud the directors of this because besides those two things i just mentioned A lot of this stuff was great. Like, I got to be completely truthful. Like, this, I'm not going to say it was flawless or anything, but, like, it really was good. Like, there wasn't a lot of pointless stuff. I mean, here and there, there was some stuff. But, like, mainly it kept my interest. It compelled me, and it kept me on the edge of my seat. It made me want to keep watching. Yeah. I
1: mean, it kept me watching every every song. Outed by the next episode except of course but
0: yeah and you know um, ESPN had to kind of rush to bring this out and for something that got rushed to such a degree it really was good and for something that was getting constantly edited, on a weekly basis uh, const- yeah constantly on a weekly basis this is really good stuff and I'm not I'm not going to say it's the best 30 for 30. I think there are better ones, but this was one of my top five 30 for 30s. I think like this was, this was really good. I mean, this, this, this to me, like this and then bad boys. And then the fab five, I think fab five is probably my favorite one. Uh, Fab five is a very good one. Oh, bad boys is always a classic. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a few more. I mean, I could go on with 30 for 30s. That's a whole other whole other podcast. But um, I, I think this is probably top five for me. There are a few more that I liked more, but uh, this was done really well. I think they put everything together completely. I know a lot of people that like the timeline stuff. I didn't mind that. I thought that was fine. You yeah. know, kind of, you know. So then eventually the timelines meet in the middle. I like that. Um, It just kind of wraps everything up. It's just a nice way to organize thoughts and and things. And I I really liked the way everything went down and it was, it really had a big time feel and they had great shots and great behind the scenes access. And we found out a lot more than I, I thought and I knew. So it was a great learning tool and it was a great, Documentary
1: to watch. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even with stories that people, the way to put it in a new angle, such as the flu game that we just talked about minutes ago. Like every, every yeah. everyone knew it wasn't the flu if you're a real like diehard. but nobody knew it was like getting poisoned.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, you know, and whether or not getting poisoned was on purpose or whatever, you know, we obviously can't prove anything. It was, you know, 20, 23 years ago or whatever, but you know, it's just stuff like that, that, you know, it leaves you wondering, you know, this and that, it's just stuff like that that made this documentary so fun to watch. And just the fact that it got people talking and, you know, we're, we're, you know, I'll bring it up again, you know, having this in a time of Corona, you know, and a time where, you know, I I just got my hair cut this week, like for the first time in like three months. So like, you know, in a weird time where like nothing's going on and, you know, our sports coming back or sports not coming back for us who love sports like this just felt like a compelling, you know, and it did feel, to me, it it wasn't a sporting event, but it was in a sense because you just feel like, oh it's bringing that back in a sense. And, you know, I, and I've said this before, like it, it compares to like, you know, obviously not the same genre, but like it compares to like your old Sunday dramas, your, you know, your Sopranos, your HBO dramas and stuff like that, that, you know, it was appointment television like this. This is the clearest definition of appointment television we've had in quite a while. Like you, you, at least for me, like, I scheduled times around this so I could watch this uh, this series. It was like sit in the cushion, it, you know, sit in the cushion and watch. Like, it's time to do, you know, it's time to watch The Last Dance. Like, this was the definition of appointment television. And we haven't had that in a while in America, so. Uh,
1: yeah, no, I yeah.
0: can just. just like... Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's nothing else really to Uh, say. I mean, I completely agree with you. And even if I had something else to do, like, during that day, whether I had, like, work because I'm an essential worker, I would literally make time the next day to watch the series just to catch up on everything because I can't – I'm one of those people that literally cannot, like, not finish. You know what I mean?
0: Uh, Yeah, absolutely. And I did that for the first couple episodes, like, You know, I watched a little bit of it, and then, you know, it's just kind of you get hooked, and you're like, oh, wow. Like, I want to see what happens next week, see what's – you know, I want to see what's going on, what's happening, everything. And uh, now it's over. And I've noticed now that ESPN is trying to keep that going. They're trying to put 30 for 30 on every Sunday night. So I don't know if they're trying to – I think they're trying to, you know, feed off of the success with this. Uh, which they won't. I mean, this no. will not be, none of these 30 for 30s they're running will be as successful, I think, as this one. But, you know, they're going to run, I think, like a Sosan McGuire 30 for 30. So that'll be fun to watch. Um, I think next week they're doing like a Lance Armstrong type of thing. Um, and then they just have a couple they're releasing. Um, and, and, you know, I wonder how long this will go on for, especially, you know, in times without sports, you know, do you think this will be the new wave of of sports on TV? I,
1: I mean, yeah, I think it will be a huge part of sport sports on TV for the time coming. But I don't think it's going to have as much of an impact as the last dance.
0: Yeah, it. I mean, this this uh, last dance will forever go down as I, a cultural phenomenon. I mean, this, you know, uh, you know, you have this great personal athlete, you know, like Michael Jordan, who is a star. I mean, bigger than a star, Everything. he is just a cultural icon to so many people all over the world. And the fact that you got to sit down and watch these behind the scenes and just see him act like a normal man. Like, when he's in the hotel by himself, like, He's just like, oh, this kind of sucks. I'm just in a hotel by myself. I can't really go outside or else I'll get, you know, mobbed by a bunch of people. It's like, oh my God, he's exactly like us. He's not a, you know, he doesn't live on Mount Olympus. He doesn't throw lightning bolts. He's an actual human being, which is, uh, you know, we don't really recognize when we look at Michael Jordan, but he's just as human as the rest of us which I think we have to remember sometimes.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, the, most people don't like him for being Michael Jordan, but this hopefully will like prove your point that he's just one of us.
0: And, you know, it's <coughs> and to see him in this documentary and we get to go behind the scenes and you know see more of what he was like and, and we already kind of knew going in what he was like, but to see what he was doing. And and I guess the final question, and one of the final questions I'll ask is, you know, MJ before going into this said, oh, well, people are going to think I'm a bad guy after this documentary. Well, the documentary is now over. 10-parter is done. Do you think Michael Jordan is as bad of a guy coming into this as he is coming out of this? Uh. What what do you think on that? I
1: still think... I mean, okay. Do I think he's a bad guy? No. But there are definitely where, like, you could argue him being it. But, I mean, I think it's just being a part of the captain role. Like, he had to take control at some point.
0: Yeah. You know, and I've been a part of a few teams that have won and had success. Uh, Cause when I, when I used to play football in high school, like we, we won a state championship and, and, you know, uh, people think, you know, teams are so, ah, oh, you know, so happy, so great, so grand. Well, you know, the guys who are uh, the, the captains and the leaders on the team, they're not going to, they're going to be nice to you, but they're not going to treat you with respect and and be kind all the time and that's just what's going to happen because that's just the locker room dynamic you know captains are going to ride you hard that's just what they're going to do that's what they're supposed to do they're going to be the bad guy that is their prerogative they don't mean to be they don't want to be but they just want you to do the best you possibly can and the way to do that is to get on you and to ride you that's what Michael did Michael got under a lot of people's skin some people like that some people didn't you know that was his role though he had to get under people's skin in order to win and it, it makes sense they won championships his methods work don't I mean try to prove otherwise you can't because his his methods worked you know and obviously I don't uh, you know I don't condone um, you know, I don't. I don't condemn being mean to people or bullying. That's that's not what I'm saying. I'm just no, absolutely not. You got to You, know, you
1: got to get the wheel uh, turning.
0: Yeah, you got to get the wheel turning. And sometimes, if that means you know, saying a, saying something bad about somebody or something or or whatever, sometimes it gets that fire going underneath somebody, and that's exactly the fire somebody needs. Some people need a pat on the pat on the back some people need to get a fire under their butts, you know? And if, that, if that's going to be a mean joke to you or, a, a, you know, an insult or something to get you going, like Michael would do, you know, hey, you're soft. Hey, you're, you're full of, you're, you know, you're full of it. You, you don't know what you're doing. You're a terrible player. You can't play. You're awful. You know, he would say some stuff that is probably way worse than what I just said. And he'd say it in practice and that would get you going and that'd make you play harder. So, you know, I think he comes out being fine. I don't think it like tarnished. No, most his, definitely not. You know, his, his resume. And, you know, I was talking to a few friends the other day and, you know, they they talked to me how they actually thought that, you know, Michael's dad died because of Michael's addiction to gambling, which is absolutely ludicrous you know this 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 uh documentary has just stirred up so many conversations about so many things and it continues to to thrive debates and uh it it's such an interesting talking point and it's got so many things to talk about and obviously driving our podcast and you know talking about this kind of stuff and it's it's just been a blast it really has been to kind of go back and see an era that I was born in, but don't really remember. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That is a, honestly, that is crazy. I was born in an era of Jordan too. Granted it was the wizards era, but, uh, yeah. but yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause I mean, I was born literally like a month after he won his last championship, which is crazy to me. Like, I was so mad I couldn't have been born a few years more, you know, before so I could go see Michael in His, person. But you know, what are you gonna do? Uh, but yeah, and, and do you have anything kind of wrapping up the wrapping up the documentary you wanted to talk about before we? Uh, not really. Out? I mean,
1: every point that I've thought about bringing up has been brought up. I mean, like when we said what we could have cut out was the uh, Phil Jackson Native American story. But even then, you covered it.
0: Yes. Yeah, I mean, it it just was the biggest waste of time in the whole documentary. That and the Kerr thing. And I could kind of see why the Steve Kerr thing was there, but the Phil Jackson thing really could not have been there. I mean, it really really didn't do anything for it the Steve Kerr thing kind of did some stuff for the documentary like you know we kind of see how Steve Kerr became Steve Kerr but like Phil Jackson, it's like oh yeah my parents and my grandparents and my great-grandparents were Native Americans it's like yeah we know you uh you know you talk about Zen Buddhist la da stuff and you know certain spirits in the locker room or whatever yeah I think we knew that you know we probably could guess you probably got some of your rituals and things from the native Americans and that's fine, you know, but we didn't really need to go into all that in the documentary. It took way too long, but uh, yeah, I mean, very minimal stuff to cut. I think this was just cut perfectly. Um, And it was just a great couple of great interviews and, you know, two presidents, two former presidents talked on this documentary. I mean what what other documentary where do you do you have two former president of the United States about?
1: I don't think there's any other unless it's like I a mean, political one
0: ah, No I I mean yeah, Bar, yeah but yeah like obviously sport. if it's like political like you're not getting yeah I mean you're not getting two presidents of the United States former president of the United States no to come on your documentary
1: yeah absolutely unless
0: it's Michael Jordan Unless it's Michael, I mean, that's just just right there. You could leave it at that and be like, you know, is LeBron James going to have a documentary like this? I I don't know. If he does, I will probably watch it whenever it is in the next 30 or 40 years. We'll see. I don't know. I, I, to me, I think it would kind of get messy after a while because it'd be like, oh, He went from Cleveland. Then he went to Miami. Then he went to Cleveland. Then he went to Los Angeles. Well, why did he leave Cleveland that second time? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's just, you know, people are so high on this LeBron uh, versus MJ debate we talked about on here. Uh, I'm not going to spend any more time on it. But, you know, I feel like MJ had more of a, like, you know, he stayed on one team besides the Bulls or besides the Wizards, you know, He mainly, for most, for mainly his career, stayed on one team, you know. It's a singular focus, you know. I feel like a LeBron documentary would just be kind of jumbled up a little. Yeah, they'd
1: have to break it into, like, maybe four parts, depending on how much content they have, whether it's Cleveland part one and two, Miami, Los Angeles, however much he has to play left, if he goes to another team.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah. You know, and then is he going to wait for his son to, to come in the NBA? Then we could get a whole another documentary about that. You know, brawny and LeBron, you know, it's just, who knows? I mean, there's so many ifs on that, uh, on, you know, his, his, excuse me, his career and his, uh, you know, his, his, his documentary, but you know, I'll probably watch it whenever it comes out in the next 40 years. But, um, you know, I've, I've had a good time watching this one, and I'm glad we've been able yeah, to. Yeah,
1: I mean, I'm been honored to be a part of this Running with the Bulls podcast, and I'm...
0: Running with the Bulls. It's been good. Uh, so you still have school? Unfortunately. June? Is that what I'm hearing? That is absolutely appalling. Yeah. I feel so bad for you. I don't
1: know how you guys do it in that. Indiana. I'm assuming you guys August to
0: May. Uh Yeah, August to May. Okay, because um, we do yeah, September to, to June. May, usually is how that goes. Okay, that, so that's what they do in Minnesota and Michigan, I think. Minnesota and Michigan do September to June. Yeah. That's what they do. So you guys must all be in yeah. the same, same boat on that. Um, all right. So I uh, was on the first and ten last week, and you guys are still pumping out content over there. I, Patrick and I had a little conference call, and he told me about some of the episodes that were coming up on the calendar for you guys. And let's just say, for people listening on this, go check out the first and ten. Cause there is going to be a load of content these next few months that I'm really envious of. And I want to go on every one, of every one of the podcasts, but I just can't do that. that I, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly jealous. I'm, I'm jealous right now. Cause I heard some of these episodes and I'm like, Oh, I want to do that one. And then Pat would read <laughs> another one. I'm like, Oh, I want to do that one. And it's like, you know, Oh, you can only come on a few of them. I'm like, Oh dang. But, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that up for you guys, but uh, I I listened to some of them of what Patrick was saying, and uh yeah, it, it's gonna be a good summer for you guys. I'm excited to to listen to those. And you guys, are you guys done with your interviewing? Recruits? Um, are you guys still? I don't want to do say those? we're
1: ever done, but it's definitely right now less productive mm-hmm. since we haven't
0: it's kind of just t- if they ever a respond or, kinda... if,
1: or it's more so like that like we dm a player and whenever they respond then we we deal sure. with it then
0: well you know them's the breaks you know just uh doing what you can and you know you guys run a such a such a great channel over there and i know reed is starting to get his stuff off the ground on his channel he's got some good stuff coming up and well, you know, uh, I and I want to apologize because I said I was going to have a guest for this week. And uh, it was going to be my cousin, Ryan Crony, who has been on the podcast before. Uh, he is a Chicago Bull fan, an avid uh, Bull fan, and he wasn't going to be on. Uh, I texted him. I said, hey, would you like to be on the last episode? And he didn't respond to me so i have to in return blast him on this podcast uh for not responding to me so i want to thank him for not responding still love you cousin but i can't believe you didn't respond to me it's kind of a bummer but i think it's fitting that you and i finished the last podcast together on the last dance it was it's a good one and uh uh, not really. I just want end? to say
1: thank you so much for having me on the past four or five episodes that we did. I mean, it's always been a pleasure to talk about this documentary with you. And I'm really glad that this was made into a more of a series than just one
0: episode. Yeah, and I think uh, I thought give credit to Patrick for that. Yeah, absolutely. I was just going to do one episode on it. And- maybe some other ones but like you know he wanted to he gave it a name and he's like hey you should do this as a series and I said yeah sure it was kind of like uh, when George Lucas kind of wanted to do Indiana Jones and he didn't have time so he just said hey Steven Spielberg why don't you go direct Indiana Jones and Steven's like okay yeah sure so I kind of kind of did that George Lucas Steven Spielberg thing there and said you know what Pat I'm gonna I'm gonna do that and I'm glad we brought you on and this obviously will not be the end of you coming on my show. So uh, I I want you to come back whenever you would like. Uh, We can do whatever, uh, talk, whatever. And I'm up, I'm up for talking about anything. So, you know, it's going to be a fun summer. I'm uh, truly excited. And
1: I, again, want to thank you for the past few episodes and doing this. It's just amazing that we could get
0: this series. Oh yeah, no, it's it's uh, yeah, it's been fun to do, and watching this has just been a blast, and so glad you could be on, and uh, yeah, this is this has been so much fun. All right, well, guys, this has been the last finale, the final episode of Run.